0: Tea time. Ah. Ah. Salud y bendiciones. Buenos días, buenas noches. Buenos días, buenos tardes. High vibrations.
1: Nice. Welcome Highest. back
0: to another episode of the Green Tea Collective, mm-hmm. and we are an innovative, conscious podcast that delves into higher reasoning and <coughs> an unscripted, genuine discussion concerning meaningful issues. So let our collective teas simmer together as we sip on thought-provoking concepts. Get your tea ready. Here we go. Here we go. And my name is Asher Simmons.
1: And I am Denai. And,
0: and we, we are the, the Green, tea Green Tea Collective. Blessings. Blessings. We have an interesting topic for today. Today's topic is the punitive
1: template is destroying society mm-hmm. and it
0: really is you can look at this y'all yeah this one can. there's many layers to this one it, layers yeah <coughs> as we began deconstructing it a little bit off air it it, it really opened up a lot for me and realizing how deeply this goes and i um, excited to talk to you about it so there's
1: there's just always a punishment it's a punishment mentality Mm. that everything that you do wrong we're going to fine you you got to pay money or we're going to put you in prison Mm. and you kind of look at their bag of cards in terms of the quote unquote justice system and what they do when you break laws or transgress policies in Mm. whatever jurisdiction you are and every Measure that they have is really kind of restricted to just a handful. Mm. We're going to fine you, we're going to beat you in some jurisdictions because they do. They will, you know, they will torture you, they'll beat you, or we're going to throw you in prison. We'll fine you. It's like, what else is there? There's nothing else. And then what?
0: And then what? (laughs)
1: And when are not making light of it because, you know, in some places it, and particularly, it's not an easy process to be on the receiving end of. Exactly. But looking at the, for lack of a better word, grand scheme of things and how society since its inception, how communities since their inception in various jurisdictions that have this type of infrastructure in place, how does it really serve the community to make it better? Mm. Does it really serve the community to make it better? And how does that infuse into family Mm. living and daily life, Mm. embracing that type of mindset Mm. and how destructive that is? I mean, Mm. I grew up, start with me, where in a family where they use physical punishment when you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. but I was the type of child because I was so quiet and so shy and so reserved and this translated even into when you were in school teachers were allowed to you know can you use right. the rule or whatever I was the type of child I didn't need that mm-hmm. I was the type of child that if you raise your voice at me I'm gonna cry mm-hmm. why do you need to beat me that just <laughs> it did absolutely nothing for me mm-hmm. except terrorize me mm-hmm. and hurt
0: Mm-hmm. And I feel that
1: the fact that society kind of takes this really this same approach, or actually, it was, I think, it emanated from society, so from society the way the infrastructure was set up. Right. That I was like, wait a minute, what? What are you doing? So you go from putting children in this punitive, like, oh, you're going to be punished for this, and we're mm-hmm. going to do this and then you do it to people when they're adults mm. and you expect things in your society to be different mm. and loving and kind mm. it's like that's the stupidest yeah. chemistry experiment I've ever heard of in my life yeah. you're throwing up salt and expecting gold to fall out on the other end that's just stupid
0: mm. I, think, I think a, the, um, a book that um, I just started reading the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Great book. It, it approaches that. It says that the mind is... It, well, there's a chapter that talks about basically human domestication and how we domesticate ourselves a lot like how we domesticate animals. Mm. When we do something bad, we're punished. When we do something good, we receive a reward. Mm. And this conditioning, this progress is all designed for us to tap into a collective view of the world and what it's and how it works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that as we examine this this mindset, one the whole punitive measure by itself is very old, archaic, and I feel like hasn't developed in order to fit where we are. To fit the level of consciousness and the level of understanding that we have, because to just strictly punish, without, and and this is where we get into punitive versus rehabilitation. You know, we know within society there. Of course, there has to be checks and balances. Of course, you know, um, but the main component is without this key, which is rehabilitation, which is the change. Without the change. You're just going through the motions. You're not fixing your problem. You're not addressing the root of what's what's at problem. What's at, you know wrong here, and the world is ref- a reflection of that. Yeah. You know. Just take a look inside your <laughs> it's, just, it's um. <coughs> it seems like common sense, but you would. <laughs> <laughs>
1: God, would that's no <laughs> another topic. The society that we live in has no common sense.
0: You know because I'm um, going back to what you were saying about um, be, like we have a lot of Caribbean listeners you know or people from the islands, etc. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know that was that's part of the you know in my time growing up too as well. Um, what I can say as far as because I did receive many many a, a, a beating, what at least I can say is or with when my father administered said beating mm-hmm. there was a message with it that went along with it. It wasn't just strictly punished, like bad, bad, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was like getting me to see my actions and changing it. Mm -hmm. That is, I mean, we, and that's a whole nother tangent about, you know, um, that kind of punishment, the whole, that's another Mm -hmm. podcast. But at the end of the day, what I I, I can say is as long as that rehabilitation component was there, me and my adult self, as I look back, I'm not upset at that. I I can look at the times and say, you know what, that actually did me, because it put me, like, that actually did me some good, you know? Yeah, but
1: that was a person, your father in your life. Right. In that instance, that applied things in a different way. But correctly. He applied it correctly. And you have so many instances, like I said, in my case, where. Not to say that it was individual, because the, the person who really disciplined in our family was my mom. Mm. You know, my dad didn't use physical punishment, mm. at least not with me anyway. Mm. Mm. And the times that I was in school and the approach that teachers took, like if they come in and they hear all this noise in the classroom and they know that, okay, you know you're not supposed to making all this noise, you're supposed to be doing your work they would punish everybody it wasn't like right. you know i was quiet i wasn't doing anything but because i'm in the classroom no, it was like it was a group so there was a point at which it was abused so much that it was mm-hmm. i think it, it the pendulum swung back with it being completely taken out of the classroom mm-hmm. but then people really didn't know how to discipline Right. and help people to understand and change behavior and give them the skills they just punish and they do the same thing now in society while people are adults and that's what I have an issue with yeah. it's like you just okay this person stole this Let's chuck them in prison and this person did this and that's so wrong and, and you know one of the things we were talking about earlier because I was talking about how in the training that I had we did a study called or research into root cause analysis and we had to apply it and root cause analysis will look at incidents or events particularly of a serious nature and you go through with the group and you identify all the factors and all the sub and all the different variables that impact that went into you not only build a timeline going back but you factor in all the things that that impacted those variables along the way and get to the root cause of why this incident happened I mean, right. with the mindset of like, okay, we wanna make sure that, one, this doesn't happen again and that we can address it correctly. Right. And the fact that they'll do this routinely with these incidents, which involve people, but yet they won't do it for people. <laughs> like what about the people? You'll see a person who'll do something wrong. Yeah, punish, 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 but mm-hmm. where's the root cause analysis for the person? Mm-hmm to help the person mm. yeah antisocial behavior this person and their parents it's like but mm. what about the people mm. and that makes me I have to kind of breathe through that because I get really hyped and of course this came about because we were t- we, you know we erased the issue of um mm. was it with marijuana the, no the whole thing with the with the pedophiles and mm. the way in which mm. certain societal norms accepted certain types of pedophilia Mm. and didn't recognize it as that Mm. but then others were wrong yeah Yeah, this person did this awful but yeah Yeah. you have a 14 year old who and we knew this growing up of a person who was on a a, a man who was sleeping with a person who was underage that person was labeled in the community as fast or this you know all the labels but yet here's a grand ass man mm. 24 25 30 whatever mm. providing money and gifts and this and that mm. and that wasn't looked at as person being a pedophile mm. that's just yeah that 14 or 15 but wait a minute that's still a child. Right. But that was accepted. Mm. But it was wrong. Right. It was morally wrong, ethically wrong, and legally wrong. Right. So we are really plumbing the depths mm. of belief systems and templates mm. and all the rest of it. And this will probably be more than one podcast. Mm. So. We're just delving deep today, right. and we hope you delve deep with us and in honesty. But that's kind of where this kind of spiraled because throwing a person into prison, convicted of, for example, you know, any of those crimes, you need to look into what's gonna happen when that person gets out. What's changed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've thrown them, in, and people say, "Oh, they've paid their debt to society." Um, person whose life was ruined is still ruined. Um, the people who were hurt in the fallout of that still carry their hurt, and yeah, you know. But how how is throwing a person in prison, having our tax dollars pay for their food, clothing, shelter, medical, dental, etc. How is that? Paying a debt, to society. how is that justice? How is that helping
0: a person? Because they you know, come it, out. It's, it's bigger than the person too. Yeah. It's like how is that helping the society? Because if you have a, if you have a, th- you know, you have a thorn, and to, for me, is people going? Uh, how do we, how do we dull this this point in people to where when they come out, they're no longer a thorn and in, our, in, in mm. It's. It's like, you be it, it's like the equivalent of taking a thorn out of your skin, putting it away for a couple of years, and then just injecting it back in mm-hmm. yourself. You haven't fixed anything. You haven't. You haven't addressed. And so it's bigger than just helping the person, because I think a lot of people, you know, just when you mention words like pedophilia and pedophile, all some people, like all moral that goes out the window. They're like, yeah. yo, we don't care. And, and we get that but it's it's bigger than them as a per- like it's it's more about our society how do we protect the children you know what i'm saying when this person comes becomes released into society again it's really about and that's the thing we it's and you you tapped into this on, in, in, in the concept of the village and um, i'll give you the space cuz I, I think that you should yeah um, but it's like recognizing that we there is still that connection mm-hmm. that these people are still a part of us you know what I mean? They're a leaf from off our tree. And yes. they're still
1: attached. Mm. So, it one of the beautiful things that I remember reading and learning from Beloved Sister is now our Ancestor so May, in the true spirit of intimacy. She talked about how in her home village of Burkina Faso um, that when one person the concept in the community in the village is that when one person is sick everybody stops and comes together and addresses this mm. because it's serious mm. it's serious and vitally important mm. that we address this because whatever it was that made that one person sick whatever mm. those factors environmental you know, mm. systemic, whatever it is, has the potential to make us all sick. Mm. So we, we have a vested interest mm. in making sure that this is addressed. Right. And that mindset, which I believe epitomizes Afrocentric thinking mm. in many regards, is of course very absent in Eurocentric thinking. Mm. And when you look at our societies and how they're suffering, and our communities and the stress and strain that they're under. It's like the template that is being used is so totally wrong. Mm-hmm. And you've had it for, goodness <laughs> knows, hundreds of mm-hmm. years. It's like, can you not see that this is not... And people just keep buying into the system.
0: Right, and, this, and as, as looking at that concept or your illustration of, you know, that is why society is sick. That is why. and. That, I, I until we began talking about this, I didn't realize how deeply this goes and how much of a major factor it, it is for why society, why the things that we see is so sickening. It's because we're not addressing, we're not atta- we're attacking the root causes of these things. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to to lay out the template of um, of punitive versus rehabilitative, because in those two, it's, it's, it's almost like yin and yang. It's these these two phenomena. Um, if you have a punitive mindset, for example, I, I, I you know, say you take on a, a, the role of a police officer and you're going through your neighborhood. If you have a punitive mindset, you can attach ca- uh, characteristics like bad and evil to a person. You it's you you strip away. The many layers of complexities that create the universe, which is human beings, and you, you funnel it into this one, but oh, into these schemas, bad, evil. When you look at somebody through that lens, now all of a sudden, it, you're open to treat this person however you want to. Because mm-hmm. why, in your mind, they're evil. So it justifies. So it justifies, it. justifies being punitive, and 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 it's, it's just like tied to like that destruction that energy that chaos you know what i mean versus rehabilitative i'm i I'm, go through my neighborhood and i'm like okay low income neighborhood all right sing, sing maybe this you know single parent okay grew up you know lack of resources lack of direction you know what i mean there might be a diamond in the rough here. it may it mm-hmm. might be someone and it's not that this person is bad you know what i'm saying is that and I think something that makes us uniquely unique as human is the fact that one, we can self-automate, we're self-aware, but two is our capacity to change. Yeah. You know? And that is just not built into the system. The system just wants to say bad, 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 bad. It's like back to the
1: And it infuses everywhere. You know, you 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 get a parking violation. Mm. Ticket. Six penalty notice right you speed you go you get caught going above the speed limit you go to court we're gonna fine you mm. you um i don't know forget to pay this bill or you know this bill has passed the due date we're taking it to the collection agency and we're gonna add more money on it because you didn't pay it on time and i'm like everything is predicated on money mm. it's like Mm. you're this, something this really wrong with your system we're,
0: we're getting deeper <laughs> we're getting into the, the heart of it of is this.
1: built on it's almost like you know it's
0: how, built how, on how um
1: money that that quote that br- I forget who it was it said I wish it was like western medicine is like western religion it was never meant to heal you mm. and I'm like you're looking at these things it's like when you really can take the blinders mm. off and see what your society is about and what you've fed into all these years, you're like, why are they flip? That's why I've had these and not that, you know, this is a solution. It's just part of my civilization which I get really bad. Mm-hmm. I get really fed up with living in civilization, quote-unquote, because <laughs> it's not really civilization, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, like, I want to go off-grid. I want to get away from I want to have a time in my life where I'm not around this crap for a bit. because I just want to let all of that stuff go and when you look at um, the chromatic principles of Mayat these are ancient principles of Egypt the 42 laws of Mayat and you look at the present system of jurisprudence and their laws, you can see just the huge disparity. I'm just going to read a few of them, I'm not going to read all of them, mm. but the 42 divine principles of my aunt. First one, I have not committed sin. Number two, I have not committed robbery with violence. Next, I have not stolen. I have not slain man or woman. I have not stolen food. I have not swindled offerings. I have not stolen from God or Goddess. I have not been exclusively angry. I have not cursed God or Goddess. I have not behaved with violence. I have not caused disruption of peace. I have not acted hastily or without thought. I have not exaggerated my words when speaking. You see the principles, I remember the first time I heard it and then it's like you line this up with no disrespect intended but this is just you know. Looking in comparison with the Ten Commandments in the Bible that we kind of grew up with hearing this, because that's the environment where I was raised. And you get all these thou shalt not, Mm. thou shalt not, don't do this, don't do, it's like, and you look, I'm like, how do we get from this to that? And this kind of lays a framework for where all of this, like, punitive... Because you see that even in, not just in the Bible or in Scripture, but in other belief systems as well. Like, you were talking about earlier, how it's like an uh, Islamic tradition that... Mm-hmm. Not tradition, but as far as the, the 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 law was concerned, if you steal, we'll cut off your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, that things just seem to... But it's like you know that's in the Bible too. Uh, that eye for an eye thing was in the Bible. I they had even they had, but nobody really talks about that. Hmm. And we need to look at and that's like I said, a whole nother episode. Right. Still, that's delving too. into like yeah, <laughs> But I the way that belief systems have these measures that they don't really hmm. see that are
0: you know this
1: came from you,
0: you know. Right. I, I, something that we were talking about is the um, off air. But I, I think that you really hit the nail on, you know, the head was with how people follow the the letter of the law, mm-hmm. but don't grasp the spirit of it. Yeah. You know, um, I think undoubtedly, as we look at the punitive uh, mindset in the world, it does stem from religion. Um, and be it that we're in the Western world and Christianity is the major, you know, religion here or it is a major religion it, yeah but i mean the, what defined, that society yeah. it has the most foothold in in the societies that we live in i'm not mm-hmm. saying that isn't the major one globally but yeah. in western civilization yeah. yeah and um i think it's definitely fair to to but then and in, in that is i think a misunderstanding of the i mean yeah it's just a misunderstanding of um how to apply from their their book like the it's the whole you take it back to the crusades you know where if you have a misconception of what god is or what you know what your religion is telling you to do and it, it filters this out into your society you know what i mean everything you think, you do, everything you do is going to be from a misconcepted sp- n- exactly, space exactly i it's it it's evolved. It's yeah. this this and it's been in the hands of many different peoples and nations and you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So all that's yeah, you know, it's really murky. But I think it definitely plays a hand in it, and I would love to delve into that. But I I wanted to like, just yeah, to touch on the fact that we we're, we we're, we hit a little bit earlier about the fact that it's money. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, that yeah. it's, it's it's the reason why this punitive. Um, mindset has survived as long as it, ha- as it has is because it's also t- it's, it's integrated with capitalism and it's a way to make money i.e. the 13th amendment um, in the United States I don't know what the equivalent here is in the UK I mm-hmm. will have to like research more but it basically says in the 13th amendment that you know slavery is abolished I'm butchering it a little bit but slavery is abolished except for the fact if you except if you commit a crime And what this means is a massive force of free labor that has it so when you think about it slavery never disappeared from society these massive corporations that can offer things at dirt cheap are because of this massive force of labor Mm. Um, there are incentives there are groups that lobby there are private private prisons which is weird is what the heck? What do you mean like you know what I'm saying? Like you can invest, mm-hmm. you can go and invest in prisons today, Damn. and what you know? It's just like a An hotel investment. Guest. It's just like t- tourism and a hotel. Yes, you want ho- you want guests to come visit your hotel. Uh, you, you know what just, I'm saying it's just to so really sick do? man <laughs> so you're going to run specials you're going to say you know what I mean it's the same thing they're going to introduce more laws to lock more people up especially yeah, America has the most imprisoned population in the world and, and that's not when
1: natural. you draw those parallels because it's you look at okay just as an aside and a parallel that is really hitting me right now the pharmaceutical industry thrives on you not being well. They thrive on you needing what they the product that they push out. Mm-hmm. Just like the health sector, in certain regards, thrives on the same thing because the concept here is you're sick, we will make you well, but it's gonna cost you mm-hmm. money. So whether you pay for it or not, coming out some way through your taxes through your insurance insurance somehow it's coming out Mm. but basically it traces back to money and when I looked at and remember reading years ago particularly I was reading a lot of books on Daoist medicine and the concept of doctors in this framework is that doctors were only paid when you were well and were kept well Mm if you got sick, they didn't get paid because they weren't doing their job. So you look at the real flip side that here, the pharmaceutical companies and all connected to the health sector make money off of you being not well, being sick, having disease, having illness, having trauma, having, you know, the whole list. And parallel system with this whole... Sector of the economy that feeds into it's like you have people that make money off of you not doing the right thing hmm. what would happen because I remember thinking of this when I had to go to traffic court years ago back in Birmingham. I'm looking at the amount of people every day that was just like one part of the afternoon every day and you're having to pay because you know the fines back home are different you get these little 50 <laughs> pound notices and I'm like Man, that's not You don't know what it's like when you <laughs> had to pay like two fifty and three hundred. Yes. You know, but yes. you look at that multiplied by what? There were like fifty people, and that's just for an afternoon. I'm like, look how much money you make off of people breaking your laws. Mm. what would happen if mm. everybody I would this I used to think about things <laughs> like this when I was young I still do what would happen if for like just one day nobody broke any, any laws everybody was just as good as good, cool. and that there were no sick people and I'm like your whole oh. economy would
0: really suffer oh. that's just for a day. And, and just, day and I'm like and that's just How about for like tickets. yeah and I'm like you know, no, ain't we get nobody into, making no money now we get into the bill and parole and all of these ooh, things and, and it like, it's, it's, this ooh, it's so money, money it driven <laughs> that's, it's ma- man. that's messed up man But it's, it's so true.
1: messed up as we say back then, that's real fact up <laughs> <laughs> that's real <laughs> fact up it just really that's is <laughs> but so I would love it. to see that you know ooh. strike me down Facebook whoever But I would love to see that it's like <laughs> That's why I like empowering people is like, wait a minute, hey, mm. let's get you out of this.
0: They want you to break their laws. They and it's want, not They depend.
1: So, they depend on the income that's generated from you not doing the right thing.
0: Wow. So, wow.
1: That's a significant. I because when I saw the amount of money, I just I just saw dollar signs. Yeah, that's you know I'm like that's a lot of money between the lawyers, between between the this, between the court clerk. You've got to have the person who's That's a lot of money. Man, that's a lot of money. Wow. So what would happen if we just like tax-free money? Money doesn't mean anything anymore. It just doesn't. It just takes, and that just really, really bugged me, man.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah, man.
1: Ain't gotta be like that. Mm. But it's it's also how we take it. We've taken that forward, like I said, into punitive measures individually, not just Mm. collectively, but individually. Like, you know how parents punish their children. Right. You know how I grew up, and it's like wanting to have things different for generations coming because people, and, you know, people did the best that they could with what they had. You can't fault them for that. But you look at the the punitive template that society has had for hundreds of years, and it's like, there's been no evolution, real real evolution here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because if you can say... And it's understandable. Yes, there are things that are not okay in society. You can't go around just shooting people or you can't just, well, actually, that's a whole nother <laughs> topic. You can if, uh, every action, uh, every anyway, <laughs> yeah. you can if you are, are, are wearing a badge and in certain jurisdictions and get off. But anyway, that's a whole nother topic. But. Mm. Yes, we know that there are certain things that, in people living in communities that are not conducive. You have to be respectful. But to teach that from a standpoint of law and be punitive with it and to keep going in that direction, Mm. how is that evolvement? Mm. Would you not see growth as getting people to intrinsically understand Mm. not just what's wrong and not to do it? Right. But to let that energy and understanding and knowledge infuse into your community to help uplift it. (laughs) So, not only am I saying, okay, I know that it's wrong to be standing out in public and spouting profanities and having a hissy fit, Mm. I'm gonna approach someone else who's doing that and try and like, let me see what's happening with you. Hey, mm. hey brother, hey sister, what's 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 yeah. going on? Can I do something to help? And address that. Yeah. Wouldn't you want people in your if community this is, like that? This is where we're going. Because I've, I've done that. I had, like I said, you know, I I, substitute, I did substitute teaching. Mm. And I, I remember I had one student and days to sometimes, well, not even sometimes, it was, had to learn the, the generation of people that dealing with different from the generation we were growing up spouting profanities and using language that's really not and this young girl I remember coming up to and I said I pulled her aside and I said you know you have such a powerful presence and a powerful voice but when you use language like that because the energy of that language the vibration is dirty it's low it's debased it's ghetto it makes you seem that Mm -hmm. And I don't see you as ghetto. Mm -hmm. I don't see you as base. Mm -hmm. I know you don't see yourself as that, but I want to make you aware of how you look when you use that language. Mm -hmm. Because you're a voice of power. You are from royalty. You're a royal queen. Mm -hmm. Would you expect someone of royalty to use language like that? Mm -hmm. I'm dependent on you. And your, your community is dependent on you. To be above that and to have high standards. You can't have those high standards and use gutter language. Mm. It doesn't befit you. You're a queen. Mm-hmm. And she stood there. She wasn't any, what, 12 years old? She listened and she absorbed it and she changed. Mm. I could visibly see how she changed. It's like, right. because this is how people see you when you use that language. Mm. Yeah, man. It's and about giving people choices and opening their eyes. Don't you want that in your society?
0: This is where it bridges into the. I've been. I've been. It's been on my time, but it's like all of this to me. It just requires a little bit too much common sense. What we're talking about is it does for them to intrinsically change people on the base level. When we've already established that they benefit from when people aren't they de- they need people to be to be on that level hmm. because they benefit from the they benefit from these people they need people to punish. So the
1: infrastructure itself is, is flawed basically it has to be destroyed and something completely different change. because look what happens when everything changes and people you know just hypothetically and it's not hypothetical cause I know this is going to happen we've got a new world coming hmm. but you're not going to need any more social workers. You're not going to need any more this. Um, everybody's taking care of themselves and healthy and well. We have any need in case of accidents and trauma. So that's It's like your whole society is going to have to change. And you're seeing that just from this tiny little virus thing right. that you've had, right. because you can't do things the same way you used to to reboot your economy. Right because your economy was consumer-based, largely consumer-based driven. No, you're not got consumers because they're been self-isolating and mm. you're not gonna have the volume because people can't converge on your store. You have to have this social distancing and masks. So you're not gonna have the same, mm. you, you have to do things differently.
0: I think that it's that, it's that component where rehabilitation, rehabilitation to me, is within it, there's there's punishment involved in rehabilitation. Um, it doesn't necessarily like not in the sense of punishment for punishment's sake, but I think that being in a certain st- like there's certain things that bring out a state of acceptance in, in a person when people are in those in those those places, but it's it's also a golden opportunity to insert that rehabilitation. Um, which transforms and changes. Um, Like I said, as far as my view on the the current structure that exists, I don't think that they want, could be wrong, but it doesn't appear to me that they want that systemic change. They don't want to transform people, um, which is sad because... Beyond that. Because our society would just greatly benefit from that and we can put our energy to somewhere else. Um, but yeah, it's like that rehabilitation is, is what's needed, it's, it's, it's what's needed. Um, and we do a disservice when we, when we don't get that to people. yeah, getting very transparent because you know I, I'm 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 open and I am going to talk about it. I talked about it off air with you, um, and I think how we even had this conversation was is, this all stemmed from talking about decriminalization of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, just the kind of hypocrisy with the taxes and stuff. Of like it was, oh, it's okay if we get a tax out of it and they want exorbitant stuff, et cetera. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it was like. People who have been these people are decriminalizing it, and saying, "Okay, it's okay now." But everyone who was locked up because of this plant, even though the law has changed, there's nothing happens to them. They're still in they're still in prison. I know that some places are overturning that and addressing that. Um, I actually um, have been caught up uh, with that, and my life could have went completely different. Um, and I actually spent some time in a holding cell because of because of marijuana. And I remember going in there and I was just sharing with you how in the Bahamas, like in Abaco holding Cell, in Town, Abaco, there's no mattress, there's no pillow. It's just a concrete slab of what you have. You get no blanket. You know, it's just a concrete slab. You know, I remember having to sleep on my shoe. I was in there for two nights and it just brought me, when, when I was leaving, you know, I talked to... You know, the person, I'm like, this is, uh, is this humane? Is this legal? Is this, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not to give anybody a mattress to sleep on. Um, and he said, the point of this is, it's supposed to be bad so that you don't come back. And that is what really opened my eyes. And that's why I'm passionate about this, of like, oh, this is the lens that people are viewing this from. It's strictly punitive. Mm. And when we get into prisons, um, if you didn't have mental issues before you went in, you're gonna have them by the time you come out because people's mindset is, oh, let's make it as bad and as terrible as possible. You know, let's not fund this place. And it's just so backwards. You're, mm. you're, you're it's a breeding ground. You're breeding sickness into your society because it's not like you're keeping everyone there forever. You know, let's address it and let's change it, man. And what we create, because I, I think it's clear that they don't, yeah, not clear that they don't want to address it.
1: No, they don't.